0: joy the joy of the lord in my heart i need to make an exchange mm-hmm. my day even start let your light shine All through my life my, my heart is open and i am ready to receive your joy hello everybody Welcome to the Moments of Joy podcast. I'm your host, Camille Joy, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so excited, as I am every week, to have you. Thank you for coming back and joining us again. And If this is your first time, welcome to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Oh, we are ending the year, and I am just... So in awe of the wonderful things that God has done in my life um, this year, expansion that has happened in my life this year, promotion that has happened, and I pray that as you all take a look back at your own personal lives, you can find the victory in your story that has happened this year, and you know, a lot of people are starting to do vision boards. You know, a lot of people do them at the beginning of the year to just help them to focus on what kind of picture they want for their lives or some things that they want to achieve in their lives. So I I encourage you to make a vision board. And if you don't really know what that is, go on YouTube and check it out. You know, people get old newspaper clippings and magazine clippings, construction paper, and, you know, they just find words and pictures that. Um, Help them to create the picture that they want in their life And I remember in 2015 I made a vision board It had marriage on it, it You know, it had, you know, some things about the career on it It had business on it And um, I just thank God three years later That vision board is um, just about accomplished It had vacations on it You know, it helps you to stay focused on your goals in life so as we end 2018, I want you guys to set goals. I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'll never tell you guys to do something that I don't do myself. But let's set goals for what we want to achieve in 2019. Short-term goals and long-term goals. You know, like, you know, I want to repair my credit. Or I want to spend more time with my family. I want to go away. And then you start working towards and making a priority what you know of what that goal is. You make sure that you achieve it, no matter what. Nothing can stand in your way. So, this episode is going to be a great one. I have a special guest with us today. But before we get started with the guest, you know that we get the show started every week with a Choose Joy devotion moment. And so, I'll begin with today's devotion. It's called Release the Music Within. Those who are wise will find time and a way to do what is right. That is in Ecclesiastes 8 verse 5. It has been said that many people go to their graves with their music still in them. Do you carry a song within your heart that is waiting to be heard? Whether we are 8 or 80, it's never too late to surrender our hopes and dreams to God. A wise woman trusts that God will help her find time and manner to do which is to to use her talents for his glory as she seeks his direction. Let the music begin. Dear Lord, my music is faded against the constant beat of a busy pace. I surrender my gifts to you, and I pray for the time and manner in which I can choose and use those gifts to touch the world. Amen. I promise you that I do not read these devotions ahead of time. <laughs> And all the time, they're right in line with what we're talking about, most of the time. And so that just encouraged us even more to go ahead out there and put your vision on paper. And let's achieve what is inside of us. Let's let's push out what is inside of us. Don't let your story be one that goes to the grave with you. Don't let your treasures, don't let your talents be buried. Use them while you're alive here on this earth. And so today we have a special guest with us. My dad is going to come on, and I invited him on because <clears throat> it's not going to be an in-depth story, but his story is I wanted to um, have him come on because he's a man. And we oftentimes we hear a lot of stories from women. And he has a story of divorce, but yet reconciliation with his wife. And so I wanted him to come on and share how men are affected differently than women. And also talk about reconciliation and leave you guys with some encouraging words. So we're going to get right into that episode and that interview. Here we go, guys. Okay, guys, I have an awesome awesome man of God with us today. I'm very excited to have my father on the moments of joy podcast today. He's going to talk to us all and share a little bit of his story, just a pinch of him and, um, give us advice. So I want to welcome everybody. Byron Sneed.
1: Hello everybody. And, uh, so glad to be part of uh, this broadcast. Now, Forgive me, um, because I am from the old school of broadcasting. And the term we used was broadcast quite a bit. And podcast came about. Oh, hmm, who started doing podcasting? I think, uh, well, I started hearing the term years ago and uh, thought about doing it. And uh, here I am doing it today with uh, my daughter, Camille. And in uh, her podcast, and I'm having a great time already, and uh, and enjoying it. And uh, she said, "We know you're not a talkative person." Well, that's not true. When you put me in front of a microphone, I'm gonna run my mouth because <laughs> of, that's how um, that's how I am. The old guy, uh, Bob Barker. You see him on TV uh price is right come on down uh he was very basically a very shy person in life but put him in front of a microphone in front of a camera he jets off you'd never know that he was a shy person all right but anyway we're getting right back to the podcast and it's a joy to be with my daughter camille joy sneed robinson no you're still using that name sneed in the middle right yeah <laughs> hyphenated.
0: <laughs> so yeah wow that that's awesome, so I just automatically got flashbacks of my dad doing radio and um have me on as a little girl and he would give me two minutes to talk on Saturday morning (laughs) when we went to work with him and he would be like do you want to say anything Camille and I would run off and just say hi to every single person I could think of and um have my little two minutes of fame so it's funny how um we're back at it um together so that's beautiful how god will bring it full circle and i would have been thinking about doing a podcast or what do you call it broadcasting so yeah this is um special
1: it is and slow moving the lord had really put that in my heart to do podcasting and uh though this is something that the lord has uh launching myself from here uh to go on and start doing something uh, and my daughter had invited me today. And, well, this is God. Because uh, from this moment on, just look for uh, the most handsome, the most beautiful, very white voice in the world. <laughs> Byron Calaisney doing a podcast with many features. I have a story to share. Uh, a life to share. And uh, it's uh, just a, a great, great thing. My life. Um, I grew up. Uh, With a family of uh, six sisters uh, Three other brothers, there was ten of us And the thing that uh, glued us together And the thing that uh, I was sharing with my uh, other oldest daughter And my oldest grandson and my grandson Gavin uh, A thing that they have A magic, or not a magic, but an anointing that they have, that Camille has, that uh, Camille's two sisters have, and it's a, a seed planted by my grandfather, who was a person involved in the Azusa revivals. He was a railroad worker in Washington, D.C., and he used to get on the trains and go across across the nation to participate and be part of the Azusa revivals in california where he saw william seymour uh learned and taught under william seymour and uh, also met a great uh the great preacher uh founder one of the founders of the church of God in christ bishop c h mason and then he was involved in the way of the cross uh apostolic church in washington dc for years and he, um, was a student or a pioneer of the Pentecostal movement in the United States.
0: Now, who is that you're talking about again?
1: My grandfather. His name was Washington Hamilton. And that was my mother's father. From there, he prayed for a seed. He prayed for all of his children. His daughter, he had five daughters, uh, was about to go in World War One, but didn't go in because, uh, his wife came along to the examination, praying and blessing everybody and telling everybody about his five daughters home. So they said, oh, no, you need to stay home with your five daughters. So he didn't go to World War I. Anyway, that's another story. Go ahead. And, uh, and as a result, also, my Camille's m- mother, Kathy, had two praying grandparents who also prayed over her grandchildren that this seed this tradition go down the line and so as a result my 10 brothers and sisters they loved the lord uh, my brother is bishop aaron sneed and um we are just um let's see what what generation you are what uh, my mother's second uh, you i'm third and you're fourth generation pentecostal And when I was telling this story to Quentin and Gavin, my two grandsons, yesterday, Gavin was attentive and Quentin noticed something that there's something in them that pulls them away from the drug scene and to stop going into the in-depth scene of experimenting with alcohol or if there's a hip-hop song that goes too far, They know how to pull back from it. And that's the, as a result, they had, like myself, like Camille, like uh, her two sisters, a Samuel experience in life because they had a praying grandmother and grandparents.
0: Okay, so, like he said, he comes from a line of, um, of Christian family. So this, this podcast is dedicated to the person who has been through the storm, who has been through anything in life and is seeking to rebuild and to, um, find their moments of joy again, um, to rebuild life. Anyone seeking encouragement, motivation, and, and, and inspiration. So today through whatever he speaks about, our hope is that you find that. And so back to the story, um, my dad was a dad, um a man who grew up with many siblings, and today, that's something that's not common. People are like, "You know you have five or six kids. sometimes people are like, "What you have five kids? you have six kids that's kind of done away with, so we can't even grasp how is it to grow up in a house with." nine other siblings I mean I know I had two sisters and did, those are my best friends and so I can imagine a house more it kind of maybe like more little friends that you have but how was it growing in the house up with um, seven no not seven nine siblings
1: uh, at times it was chaotic uh, but and it was all types of issues Um it wasn't a Brady, well, in, in some ways it was a Brady Bunch that we were protective of one another when it came down to uh, trouble. Um, we had um, any issues that many other families experienced. Um, of course, it was life. It wasn't a bed of roses. And I'm not going to open up the can of worms just to tell you how it was, the bad things. But if you've experienced, uh, situations in your house where you've had an alcoholic parent or, uh, a parent who grew up in a situation where he's grown up and he's lashing out at his children because he didn't know how to, um, uh, overcome his situation. But he did in a later part of his life before he departed this life and he experienced, uh, healing and I'm talking about my father there and um, but the most important thing that happened to all of us growing up in that family we had a mother who prayed and a mother who gave us Jesus who while we were in the womb would anoint her belly and anoint her children and Like David says, when I was in my womb, you knew me in my mother's womb. Jeremiah alludes to the same thing. You called me out from there. And as a result, a boy, four, five, eight years old, ten years old, knew how to reach Jesus Christ. Knew how to talk to him. And then I noticed the same thing in my grandsons. And... It's not a plaything to them. They know how to do it. They just know how to reach them. To have that Samuel experience. Because someone prayed for you and got you through life. And that's, uh, that's the good thing that happened to us growing up in a, in a family of ten siblings. In a project where there's drugs everywhere. All kinds of issues everywhere. But it was Jesus who saw us through.
0: So that's awesome because a lot of times, um, and, and let me just say they all made it out because a lot of times, um, that's a generational thing, you know, where you are in the projects then your kids are in the projects and you look up your grandkids are in the projects. So, um, they're, they made it out and, you know, their children are not there. So I thank God for that. Um, you know, you guys cutting off that curse, um, of alcoholism and not, and and not repeating itself and you guys finding yourself, um, in the house of the Lord. So we're going to fast forward to then your teenage years. Um, I remember going through my grandmother's old photo albums, helping her clean out her closet and seeing a, an old picture of you, um, doing radio in high school. So, tell us a little bit now for those who don't know which is all of you listening <laughs> my dad he did radio for uh all of our childhood but um not just radios he's a professional voiceover um it, do you call them artists
1: talent artist, that's fine
0: yep a professional voiceover talent and so uh, let's talk about that for a few. Um, how did how did you even get into that?
1: Um, I got into it. I, um, I Always liked it as a child. it's uh, another thing that my mother uh, had done uh, When I was a baby, she'd play the radio. I'd be listening to John gambling senior W.O.R. In New York years ago uh, through uh, many of the uh, uh, announcers so uh, and Paul Henning in the morning and I always, uh, said, uh, uh, to people as a little boy in the first grade, uh, to my teachers, when I greeted them, I would say, good day, because, uh, there was a Paul, uh, Paul Harvey, rather, would say that in the morning on his radio broadcast. And, uh, and they would look at me, I said, I heard that somewhere. Yeah, Paul Harvey, a great, um. Uh, one of the greatest uh, announcers who ever lived. Uh, he uh, would say that, and that got into my spirit. And when I was a teenager, I started a little radio. I started a radio club in high school. In fact, when Camille went to Basic High School, she saw old pictures of me there as well. They had pictures of this big bushy head kid uh, who uh, had. Uh, Uh, Had what a tape recorder and a microphone in front of him and uh, the radio station there in high school was called WGPX and I did local radio here in Connecticut and went away to Virginia for years went to Nairobi, Kenya to teach radio broadcasting um, And uh, worked with a man uh, Bishop Willis uh, In his radio network for many many years also did work at uh, CBN, uh, CBN's radio network, and your mother worked at the television network at one time. So, had a long experience in radio broadcasting, because, and the voice came from simply this. I was a Bishop Mose, when I was a teenager, anointed my voice and said, You will go a long way with that voice. That will be a talent from God that uh, you have. And, I, and, I, and I'm still using the voice today. And moving on
0: how I what I don't get is how do you um, in high school because when I was in high school we didn't have a radio station so was there a radio station already there that you just said oh I, I'll be on the radio station like how how did you just how was there a radio station
1: well there was a, a an electronics uh, lab in the school with a room for a radio studio for years, and nobody used it, but I did, and I would go ahead and broadcast uh, during the lunch period um, music and information for the students, and also I had two other people or three other people work with me as well, and uh, it went on for years, went on for the years that I was in high school, and uh, from there I went to college and uh, worked in uh, radio stations here in town.
0: So when you were in high school, did, it was like a real radio station?
1: Yeah, it was only broadcast on the campus, so you could only hear it around the campus, the Powered station.
0: And during lunchtime?
1: During, we only did it during the lunch hours. That's what they allowed to do, just during the lunch hours.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. And so, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool, because now they cut that all the way out. <laughs> They're like, no, uh-uh, no music, no, no having fun. So that's pretty cool. Did did they get to, like, request what songs they would want you to play?
1: Yeah, they did. We did basically a top 40 format. It would play, uh, you know, different uh, pop songs, uh, R&B songs. And even some Latin songs, every once in a while, there'd be a contemporary gospel, contemporary enough. It was a group called The Brothers, and they had um, oh such uh, good, good temper contemporary music, and you wouldn't even know it. And J.C. White, White, Bishop White and J.C. White singers had um, a couple of songs uh, that were real hip, like R&B, and nobody would even notice, so we'd, we'd play those as well.
0: What, what year was that?
1: I graduated from high school in 1975, so the radio station went on for two years when I was there from 73 to the end of 75. And uh, it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable, it really
0: Did I wonder, did the radio station continue after you graduated?
1: After I graduated, there were people who tried to come along but they didn't have uh, a vision of being, um, they thought, you had the Latin group think they could do all Latin, the little young kids think they could do all R&B and the rock and rollers who thought they could do all rock, but that it didn't, didn't work that way. You just have to be a all-around person. Uh, like Back then what worked was uh, something called a top 40 format with, with a mixture of many, many uh, forms of music that you... I, like you'd listen to um what is it star 99.9 yes uh, this music like that would work but uh, you couldn't have a chest uh you want to do today all hip-hop music and let's face it hip-hop music will give you a headache quick
0: <laughs> okay wow that's pretty intriguing to me i love to hear old school stories because times have changed so much and um they would never really let you have that much fun in school anymore so it's nice to hear that uh, at one point or another school for you guys were many mini- uh, were was really enjoyable
1: oh i had fun in school high school uh in fact high uh, school was good it was well-rounded um listen here in in Bridgeport, or people assume that you the black people never had segregated schools well when i was in grade school it was pretty much segregated uh, kindergarten through um, eighth grade we had a sprinkle of white students a uh, sp- uh, good number of Spanish they were basically Puerto Rican students and um, big wide majority of black and it was that my experience all the way through school until high school I got to meet more of a melting pot and high uh, Bassett high school was such a place at that time and so, you know, got to, got to meet many, many people and, and experience different cultures. So, um, wh- and it was good. It was good for me. It really, we had, you know, there were problems. Uh, but uh, we got along pretty good at my particular school. Uh, there was a section, uh, a situation in um, uh, another school, in Central High School, Bridgeport, where the races uh, would riot amongst each other. And basically, it was two ethnic groups, <clears throat> So, but the media mixed, uh, confused everyone, saying it was black and white, knew it was a a group of Cape Verdeans and Angolans fighting against the Portuguese, because at that time, those um, countries were fighting for their independence from Portugal, and the war over there spilled over into the U.S., and no one quite understood that. But as a child, I understood that what was going on, and went to uh, a local radio station and went on the air to say, that's what's going on. It's not a black and white thing, but those groups, those warring groups need to come together and say, hey, don't bring your war over here, and don't uh, confuse a city saying it's black and white students fighting. No, it's just two different ethnic groups over the war situation overseas. But anyway, that's another story, and that's another thing that happened to me as a young man, and I had to have I had insight on how to handle certain issues and people were amazed. And uh talked to different ethnic groups today and they're amazed, You know about my country? Yeah. It's just simply just nothing but to know. I you know, you just just read about it, that's all.
0: Okay, so and again get moving on a little bit. One of the reasons that I wanted um my father to come on was just to talk from a man's perspective about um divorce you know a lot of times we hear this heavy topic and we hear it from the woman's perspective but i want to talk about um it from a man's perspective they my parents have they were married for 20 years and then they experienced divorce um and then they experience reconciliation, but before we get to reconciliation, I just want to him to speak a little bit about, you know, what happens to a man um, after you find yourself um, in the state of divorce. Um,
1: <clears throat> it's painful, but you find ways of. Uh, for me, found ways of. Uh, not letting it build me up or not letting the pain or the stress build upon me. Uh, and the thing that divorce that brought it on was, you know, the, 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 the saying, pride comes before the fall. It was a lot of pride on both sides. And so over a long period, we ended the marriage. Um, and so I woke up the next morning in the uh, condo that I lived in and said peace <laughs> no not really uh, that's just uh just uh um
0: well before we get to the the condo part um you you had to be in a state of divorce that meant leaving your family and um you know starting over um And what could you share about just, you know, I know that it's painful, but, you know, what else comes
1: along with that? Well, there was uh, was a point where uh, the the children, perhaps, maybe they went through a little pain on it. But uh, I would never, I didn't try to do everything possible not to divorce myself from my children, which I didn't. I still had contact with them every day, um, as much as possible, uh, like my babies, and they're all, you know, still my babies, let them know how much I love them, and, um, and we, um, did everything, we did stay in communication with each other as much as possible, um, and, uh, what were some of the things uh, you experienced through Camille, through the, the divorce of your parents? Um, did you, uh, what were some of your feelings w- with it?
0: Um, I I don't really know because I was in my own world at the time. I was 19. So I really didn't um, pay it too much mind, honestly. I was just like, okay, well. It is what it is. Um, You know, I've heard, like, from a woman's standpoint, it's like when they go through divorce, it's like a death, almost like a grieving state. But I think for me, I was personally going through my own whirlwind of things in uh, my own life that, um, you know, as your child, I didn't really... I wasn't that affected because I was already out of the house. I was already an adult. Um, So yeah uh
1: some people don't like hearing the phrase or this but women are a little more they experience a lot more emotion through the divorce whereas men or the way i did i didn't go out there trying to sow my wild oats or anything like that i didn't really didn't care for all that i was at a stage in my life i was in my late 40s approaching 50 and all i did was um was, got into other activities, productive activities, um, sports, uh, well, exercise a little bit, and, um, um, I did eat a whole lot and still gain weight, but anyway, but, uh, I did other activities, and never, ever turned my back on the Lord, now, how could Christians go through divorce, yeah, they do, and it was one morning, I was watching um, the 700 Club and Pat Robinson had a word in not. And he said to this young man, he said, young man, go back home to your wife. When you go back home to your wife, the Lord will open up blessing for you. And I heard that. And I tried to. Um, I just turned it over to God and I turned it over to him. And I did not try to reconcile on my own strength. Uh, I reconciled only by letting God do the work. And he did the work on both sides until one morning he woke me up at 5 in the morning and said, and I had prayer and he said, by next week at this time, I want you back with your wife. And that's what happened.
0: Okay. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Um, because I don't want this to be downplayed at all because it's huge. Um, so you guys were divorced for 10 years, right?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. 10 years of divorce.
0: Yep. So 10 years of divorce, 10 years of, I mean, it wasn't a pretty divorce, right?
1: Eh, uh, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't, I don't know. On my side, I don't think it was that ugly. Okay. I don't think it was that ugly.
0: Okay. Um but it wasn't a divorce where you guys like remained a friendship or like anything like that. So it was like a divorce. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um so many people they do not want to reconcile with their mate that they just left. Um you know, the thought of being back with the person that you just got divorced with, a lot of people be like, "Are you nuts? Are you nuts?" But but you had to have still kept uh some kind of love in your heart um in in order to even want the thought of reconciliation to happen
1: and uh, and the thought was there it was always there um, i never stopped loving your mom and she never stopped loving me and the the key to it all was uh to get out of our way i mean to get out of god's way rather and get out of our own way and let god handle or let god do the softening let god do uh the uh the work on our spirit to reconcile and that's what he did um we just could not do it without him uh we did some counseling um we did some prayer and we prayed together uh, one Sunday afternoon, and the Lord broke us down, broke us down, and we repented to each other, and we cried before the Lord and cried, uh, for forgiveness. And the Lord brought us back together, um, on His terms and in His way. And, uh, and till you know, had you know, said en- enough, enough waiting for something else, just. Get back and let me just work it out for you. And that's what he's done. And it was a scripture uh, that comes to mind. It's be still and know th- that I am God. When you just be still and know who God is, he will work things out. He'll break everything, he'll break every curse, he'll break every pain in your life. Just Get out of his way, get out of his business, and let him work on you, and let him work on that situation in your life. If you're going through a divorce, and um, it's 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 hurting on both sides, but let the Lord work it out. You know, just let Him work it out, and He'll do just that
0: yep many people may be going through divorce right now and maybe you won't reconcile with your spouse maybe you don't want to reconcile with your spouse but i believe that there's a remnant of people out there that god wants to send a message to um about reconciliation so before we close up i just want to um leave you guys with uh just a special message Um, Byron, if you have a special message or anything on your heart that you would like to leave with the listeners today, just um, um, one last thing for them.
1: All right. Um, If God has given you uh, a ministry, if God has given you uh, an idea in life, go forward and go with it. We're in the day now. We are, um, and, and forget politics, get your mind off of politics, Period. Get your mind off of uh, who a president is, what, who the Congress is. The thing about it is, it's God who is in charge, whether we like it or not. And there's a lot he hates going on around us and in the world. But he's in charge. And we can't see it. We don't know his way. But he has control of this country, of this nation, and this world and don't fear anything don't use anything as an excuse why you can't uh move on with what god has for you just move forward 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 with what god has placed on your heart and don't be afraid of it just do it in the name of jesus amen oh and come here Tell us about the idea of joy. Where does that come from, joy, uh, of moments of joy?
0: Well, the moments of joy podcast was because that was my middle name. <laughs> so I just um, decided to just call it moments of joy. I think the Lord just gave me the idea. My dad also has a voiceover um, uh, business called Joy Voices so um i believe that probably was a little bit of inspiration as well so all right guys the
1: uh, that name uh, that's the name i gave you uh mommy named you camille and i named you joy
0: yes <laughs> yep so amen Thank you, guys. We we thank you for coming on the show today. We thank you for being a guest on the Moments of Joy podcast. And I pray that you guys are encouraged by what he shared with you today. And I pray that you are encouraged to reconcile any area of, of your life. If it's a sibling that you need to call, if it's a mom that you've been estranged from, or a father, I hope that today um, he encouraged you to reconcile all right we're getting ready to say goodbye anything else No. all right I'll let him say goodbye to the listener
1: well it's been a pleasure and uh, like I said at the beginning of the podcast uh, watch out for Byron Clay's need in the future to go ahead and do some podcasting yeah I'm basically gonna do a podcast basically just pick it like uh, picking up a scripture and just going with that one scripture one day at a time And that's what the Lord has placed on my heart to do. And I will be doing that very soon. And many other topics will be on it as well. And thank you, Camille, for letting me be part of your special uh, podcast today.
0: All right. Awesome. Thank you. All righty, guys. Wow, that was awesome. I want to say thank you again to you, Byron Sneed, my father, for just coming on and leaving us with some encouraging words. He's a funny guy. <laughs> He's a funny guy, but you gotta love him. You know, growing up, I remember my my friends would always be the ones to say, "Hey, your dad's funny. He's hilarious." They would call him dad as well. He was always a likable guy amongst my friends. So I thank God for that. I thank God for him being there and being present um, in my life. So I thank God for him also getting ready to launch and do what the Lord has placed on his heart to do. And he left us with a familiar encouragement that we hear here on the Moments of Joy show a lot. And that is to do what God has placed in your heart to do. And so. In 2019. I pray that it's a year of goal for you guys. And I pray that. No talent is buried. And I pray that God will connect you guys. To. People that will help push you into your destiny. To help push you into your destiny. I pray that if you're wondering. What it is that you were put here on this earth to do. I pray that. In 2019, it will be discovered unto you. So, thank you again for joining us for another episode of the Moments of Joy podcast. We're almost at the end of the year, guys. I can't believe it. (laughs) But I'll catch you next week for another episode of the Moments of Joy podcast. Bye-bye.